Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Detective Pike, your visits are always the highlight of my day, no matter what the hour. Jeez, it's nearly four in the morning, Doc. Don't you two ever call it a night? You were both out at the crime scene until after midnight. So were you, Detective. This is the duly elected coroner of Cuyahoga County, Dr. Pierce, and his very able assistant, Miss Agnes Tuttle. My new friend doesn't want to give his name, if you don't mind. He's here on the uh, QT. Undercover federal agent. His disguise is very authentic. I happen to know he works very hard at it. Versimilitude is his middle name. See, you two have given the two heads a good scrubbing. At least now they're not covered in dirt and dried blood. But why have you got them propped up like that? They look like a pair of macabre jack-o'-lanterns on a fence rail. The better to take photographs. If you lay their heads on their sides, cheek down, the facial features tend to compress. Best to set them on their neck stalks, like nature intended. Nature never intended a man's head to be separated from his body. That would be true. Here, Mr. Federal Agent. Sit down on this stool before you fall down. Thank you. Were you in a fight? Somebody itching for a punch-up mistook him for a hobo. Don't let us showing up unannounced stop you, Doc. If you're smack in the middle of your assessment, please continue. Consider us a pair of blowflies on the wall. Certainly. Do you have your steno pad at the ready, Miss Tuttle? Good. The first head, with its pale, unmarked complexion and light brown hair, could almost be considered handsome. The second, however, with its more advanced decomposition and grotesque discoloration, is scarcely recognizable as human. That strikes me as editorializing, Doc. It's late. Or early. Can I see the eyes in number one? Would you mind pulling up the lids? I'll do it. You think you can ID the head? I'll tell you in a second. There. The eyes are starting to cloud, but they're clearly blue. Cornflower blue. Head number two, I don't know. Never seen him before, as far as I can tell, but not all his facial features are intact. The fresh head. I do know. His name is Edward Andrassi, 28 years old. 5'11", about 150. About that? Andrasi lives with his parents. It's on Fulton Road, down from the hospital, 1700 block. He left his prints on file, Alvin. He's done time. A 30-day stretch at the Warrensville workhouse on a concealed weapon charge. And you know this how? He was one of my informants. We were never here. My lips are sealed. Mine as well. Well, then you both need to get going soon. I promised Detective Merillo the autopsy results by six. He'll be here before then. You're a real doctor, right, Doc? You went to medical school in the whole shebang? That's right. Can you patch him up? I haven't worked on a live body since my residency. Actually, even then I mostly worked on cadavers. You can reset a shoulder, can't you? I'm sure I can. We don't have time for this. Frayne, sit. 
Well, here's something I never get the chance to utter aloud in this room. This will hurt. Just get it over with. <clears throat> Crap, man. Your torso is almost completely black and blue with fresh bruises. They really worked you over. A couple of those cuts need to be stitched up. I can wrap the ribs and put a splint on his nose. One for his wrist and forearm, too, though he'd be better off with a cast. No cast. After this, he cannot put those rancid hobo clothes back on. In the storage closet, there's a man's suit, a white shirt, a tie, a pair of black socks, and a pair of floor shimes that should fit. From the man who died of an aneurysm in front of City Hall. His wife, or widow, never came down to pick them up. I called her at least four times. I was going to drop his clothing at the Salvation Army, but now I believe we can put the outfit to good use. Who the hell are you? Last I saw of Agent Frayne, he was masquerading as stinks to high heaven hobo. Except the suit being two sizes too big, you look almost presentable. It's gonna be dawn in about an hour. Let's go. I'm not dallying, Frayne. I've been waiting on you like a fucking chauffeur in a hired limo. And yeah, we gotta be long gone before Pete shows up. Pete's my partner, and he won't like that I've made a new friend. Jealous type. I can drop you off, but... I'm back on the clock at eight with zero sleep, thanks to you. <laughs> hey, at least I don't have to keep holding my nose. Maybe now I won't have to fumigate the car. Man, when you undercover guys go under, you go deep. Personal hygiene is the first thing that's gotta go. First similitude, I get it. If I hadn't witnessed your transformation, I doubt I'd recognize you if I passed you on the street. You're not the guy you were. Except your eyes. You've got weird fucking eyes. Anybody ever tell you that? Okay, I'm all ears. It's about time you told me what the feds are doing undercover in my patch. I'm not investigating you, Alvin. It's not a sufficient answer to my question. My guess is you're investigating Cleveland cops. I'm not dirty. Neither is my partner. I know. Turn left here. That's not the way. You're gonna take me to who killed Edward Andrasi? Did you kill him? That's not an accusation, Frank. It's a reasonable question under the circumstances. In our line of work, Sometimes things go south. An on-duty shoot can be justified. I've had informants go all jiggy sometimes. I can imagine the situation that take a bullet to put them down. You ever kill any of your informants? Well, no. Not that I can recall. If you had, would you then cut off their heads and their dicks and bury them down at the bottom of Jackass Hill? Probably not. Make a right at the corner. Kill your lights. Why? Just do it. Please. This is the warehouse district. What are we doing out here? Your gun loaded. What the hell do you think? Pull over right there. This whole warehouse district used to be buzzing with activity. Day and night, trucks in and out, wine and machinery. It is sad, really. There's no business operating down here since the depression hit. Look around you, all the windows are boarded up. Benson keeps the bums out and the area retains a night guard to chase out the squatters. Not even gutter rats can find enough crumbs down here to survive. You, uh, mind telling me what we're doing down here? What the hell? 
We're going on a raid. Frank, get back here. What the hell are you doing? Damn it. Wait up. I can barely squeeze through this fucking gate. I don't see anybody. Do, do you see anybody? I think the gunfire came from that warehouse over there. What the hell is going on? You can hardly walk, much less stand up. Let's, let's get out of here. We'll find a phone and I'll call it in. Keep your shield visible at all times. Where the hell are you going now? Coming right at us, Frame. Frame, get out of the way! Stay down, man. Have you lost your fucking mind? You had the shot out, and why didn't you take it? You mean why didn't I shoot through the windshield of a panel van like a fucking gunslinger at the OK Corral? Because I'm a cop. I can't open fire when I don't know who I'm shooting at. You care to fill me in? Frain, you understand that? This isn't the time to be getting into a gunfight. Let me help you sit up here. Lean back against this crate. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? There's about a dozen reporters and photographers pushing through and shoving their way through a hole in the fence. How in the hell did they even hear about this? Can you see the building? The warehouse across the lot? Keep your eyes on the roll door. Yeah, it's, it's going up. Half a dozen men are coming out. They've all got automatic weapons. I don't think they're crooks. No, look, they've got gold badges on their belts. Treasury agents. Yeah, I think you're right. They've got some handcuffed crooks in custody. Some other agents are backing up the Treasury Department vans into the warehouse. Can you see inside? Okay, I get what's going on. This is an illegal liquor manufacturing setup. I can see the brewery equipment. Look, agents are using metal pipes to destroy the whole thing. They're bashing the hell out of the pumps. Ripping out the hosing and tipping over vats. They're basically smashing the canisters, piping, valves, and tanks to smithereens. They're sending a message. That's why the press has been invited. To deliver the message. Some guy's coming out. Young guy, early 30s at most, fair-haired. Wait a fucking minute, that's... That's Elliot Ness. <laughs> you work for Elliot Ness? Holy sh... You're one of the untouchables. Don't be ridiculous, Alvin. That was Chicago during Prohibition. Elliot Ness took down Al Capone's entire bootlegging empire with only ten men. So they say. Now he has more than thirty, including me. Help me up. Ness is about to address the press. You'll probably want to hear his speech. He worked on it for days. Hell yes. Elliot Ness is the number one folk hero of our age. My friend. Why are we still cracking down on bootlegging operations? Yes, alcohol is legal now. But the ramifications of the federal ban on the sale, production, importation, and transportation of alcoholic beverages is still being felt today. In those dry days, an entire criminal empire arose in defiance of prohibition, in celebration of it. Bootleggers and transporters became the backbone 
of organized crime. Did you think that when Prohibition ended, they would just roll up their tents and go away? When they have the infrastructure already in place? When they have industrial quality stills, fleets of trucks, private drinking clubs? Woe to those who thought so. If anything, it's gotten worse. Yes, alcohol is legal. To drink, to buy, but not to sell without a liquor license. The criminals are not paying taxes on the liquor they sell. The only chance America has of digging itself out of the dregs of the Great Depression is from the revenue that the sale of alcohol can provide. The criminal element has no honor or patriotism. They care nothing for our national recovery. Their intention is to keep the proceeds from the sale of liquor in their own pockets and out of the coffers of the federal government. Doesn't that rile you? Organized crime is entrenched here in Cleveland, and we are here to root it out. Ness is coming this way. What happened? A misunderstanding, Elliot. Nothing to do with us. Alvin Pike, sir. It's an honor to meet you. Pike? Ah, of course. Cleveland PD, right? Yes, sir. Detective Pike helped me out of a tight spot. Then I am in your debt, Detective. Let's meet. Half an hour. I've got to feed the hungry press now that I've got them where I want them. Like featherless baby birds with their beaks wide open. And I want to take full advantage of this photo opportunity. Can I get a ride, Alvin? <laughs> How did I know you were going to ask me that? I must be clairvoyant. Uh, hell, why not? I've come this far. In for a penny, in for a pound. But you're kicking around my first name, Frayne. Like we've been best friends since we were both in short pants. What do I call you? Lucius? Or, uh, Augustus? Gus. I'm supposed to be working a double homicide, Gus. You know that, right? The dead'll still be dead when you get back. Crooked River is created by Dave Beasley and Cassie Wells. Starring Zachary Ray Sherman, Jeff Tendall, Miles Sullivan, Andrew Garrett, Albie Selznick, Stephanie Myers, Levi Petrie, Joseph Covino, Glenn Payne, Nate Ward, Taylor Jury Scorse, Jessica Andres, Dave Huber, Gail Trudeau, Raphael Goldstein, and Alexandra Vaughn. Post production sound by Joe Morales and Elf Tree Studio. A Haywood production. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.